Right, Second Chronicles chapter 17. And look with me in verse number 1. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his stead and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after uh, the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents and he had riches and honor in abundance. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you tonight to bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'd bind the devil. I ask you, Lord, tonight, if you would, to give us the liberty and the vocabulary to preach tonight. Give us the strength. I pray give us the mind. Give us, the uh, Lord, the mentality tonight. I pray you'd give us that ready turn of thought and mind. And may the Holy Spirit do the work that no man can do. And, Father, for what you do, we'll love you, we'll praise you, and thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I preached last Sunday night, and I'm not preaching a series by no means, I, uh, but I preached last Sunday night out of Second Chronicles chapter 19, and I preached concerning the life of Jehoshaphat uh, and talked about the dangers of compromise. And I referenced these verses that we've read tonight. I referenced them last Sunday night and simply mentioned a few thoughts that, uh, that the Lord had just given me in that. But as I began to study it this week, uh, uh, the Lord just let it grow in my heart even more. And I want to look at verse number, uh, verse number two here in just a moment. Uh, but I want you to think about this king in verse number one. Uh, Jehoshaphat is the fourth king of Judah. And we know that Jehoshaphat was a godly king. Uh, we think about the person uh, of Jehoshaphat as his name means Yahweh is judge. And then uh, we think about the position uh, that Jehoshaphat had. He was the, the king of Judah, the fourth king of Judah. He followed his father Asa and he saw the great revival that, that Asa, how that God used Asa to bring uh, uh, the things of God back into the land of Judah. And so he had, uh, uh, when we think about him, we consider his position. He's following uh, Asa. He is now king. Uh, he's been put in this high position, uh, this political position, if you will. Uh, he's been given a government position, uh, a role of leadership. And so we think about his person and we think about his position. But when we get to verse number two, this is what I want us to look at tonight. I want us to think about his privilege. As the Bible says here that he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, notice this phrase here, which Asa, his father, had taken. Which Asa, his father, had taken. You see, when I think about Jehoshaphat in these beginning verses of, the, of, his, of his life and his, uh, and his uh, kingship here, I think about who he is. His name means Yahweh is judge. I think about his position, how that he's been made king uh, to follow in the, in the footsteps of his father, Asa. But I think about his privilege and the privilege is this, is that Asa or that Je Jehoshaphat had the opportunity and he had the privilege uh, to see revival in his day. He had the privilege also uh, to be given ground in verse number two that his father Asa, the Bible says, had taken. He had taken uh, uh, the land of 
of Judah, the cities of Ephraim. And this had been given down uh, to Jehoshaphat in verse number two. And Jehoshaphat understands the responsibility and he also understands the value of what has been given unto him. You know, tonight as we sit in this church in 2022, we must be reminded of those that have gone on before us. Uh, We must be reminded of the ground that they have taken, the victories that they have won, the revivals that they have seen. uh, And it's been handed down uh, uh, to every one of us tonight. Amen. And you know what Jehoshaphat realized? Uh, The same thing that you and I need to realize tonight. And that is that he could not afford uh, uh, to lose ground. Amen. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on how to keep from losing ground. Amen. How to keep from losing ground. You see, tonight it's important that we don't lose ground in this hour. I'll tell you tonight in our country, we've lost a lot of ground in the last few years. Isn't that right? Uh, This nation is in real trouble tonight. As Brother Danny mentioned it this morning, uh, and this country is in a mess. uh, And I don't have to elaborate that thought tonight. Uh, You know it to be true. Uh, But I tell you, America is losing ground uh, as we speak tonight. Our churches are losing ground. They're full of apathy and complacency and worldliness uh, and all types of sin and contemporary. uh, uh, Listen, uh, uh, they're losing ground in their youth group and they're losing ground in their Sunday school. Uh, Some don't even believe in having Sunday school anymore. Uh, uh, Somebody said one time, said, well, where's Sunday school in the Bible? I'll tell you where it's at. It's over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 15 where the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, It's found over in Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 25 where it said, not forsaking the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, uh, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's just two verses we could go on. Uh, The time will not permit tonight, uh, but what I'm saying is uh, we're losing ground in this hour. Many churches are not having Wednesday night services no more. They cancel Sunday night services. Uh, All they meet one time a week uh, and brag about how the offerings are just as good once uh, as it is three times a week. Well, I reckon if all we was about was money, uh, then that'd be something to boast about. But we're not about money. Somebody say amen. We're about ministry and we're about the souls of men. We're about worshiping God. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, uh, but I don't want to go to church one time a week. Uh, I don't want to just worship God together with the saints uh, uh, one time a week. Uh, I want to go back on Sunday night. I want to go back on Wednesday night. I tell you, if y'all want to start a Friday night service, uh, I'm for it tonight. Amen. Uh, I'm just simply saying uh, I want to be in the house of God. Amen. I want to be in church. Amen. But we're losing ground in our churches tonight. Our pulpits have lost ground. Isn't that right? Uh, brother I'm telling you preachers don't preach on sin like they used to and then some do and spend a lot of time apologizing uh, listen we need some men of God that won't apologize about their preaching if you're preaching out of the Bible then you don't have to apologize amen I'm not talking about being mean and I'm not talking about having a bad spirit I'll tell you I like preaching don't you uh, I like it when a man of God takes the Bible and just tells me what God says uh, and rightly divides the word of truth uh, don't water it down uh, don't sugarcoat 
load it up. I mean, don't prop it up. I mean, just tell me what God says. Amen? And that's what we need in this hour. But I'll tell you, we've got sissies in the pulpit. We've got comedians in the pulpit. I'm telling you, listen, we got everything in the pulpit. We got men that are not saved, men that are not called. But I'll tell you, we need some men of God in this hour, and we're losing ground. To some preachers, it's just a profession. It's just a way to make money. But I'm telling you, listen, I think I long for the days like we could have yesterday when you could go to church and a man of God got up and he had a burden on his heart and he had the breath of God on his preaching and he had a touch and God blessed. Oh, how we need it again. Amen. We're losing ground, aren't we? We're losing ground in our homes tonight. Hang on, I'm headed somewhere. We're losing ground in our homes. Husbands and wives can't get along a lot of times. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about people that go to church. Amen. They fight like uh, and fuss uh, like cats and dogs. Uh, I mean, listen, they'll argue all week long, then come to the house of God uh, and wonder why they can't get nothing out of the service. Uh, uh, you need to get right with each other and get right with God. Amen. Quit blaming each other and start supporting each other. I don't know why I'm preaching that, but it ought to be preached. Amen. Uh, we're losing ground in our homes. Uh, I'm telling you, we let a lot of people let their children and do any old thing they want to. Hey, let them live any old way. Uh, uh, they'll put a cell phone uh, in one hand. They'll put an iPad in the other hand uh, and they'll let the television babysit them uh, and they wonder where, the, where they went wrong. Uh, I tell you, you're gonna have to just invest some time in those children that uh, God gave them to you. You ought to pray with them. You ought to put the word of God in them. Uh, you ought to teach them how to do some things. Uh, can I just stop and say this? Uh, we're losing ground. He mentioned it this morning. Uh, we're losing ground in the workforce. Amen. I'm telling you, we got so many lazy young people today. They don't know how to start a weed eater. Don't know how to start young boys. They don't know how to start a lawnmower. Amen. They know how to play a remote control. They know how to play a video game, but they don't know how to wash a car. You know, there's a way you wash a car. Amen. And that's not go down to the local car wash. God forgive me, I do because I don't have time. But I'll tell you, if I had a teenager, I wouldn't go down there. Amen. I'd have one at the house. But I'll tell you, go at least and there's a way to worship, to wash a car. Listen, you ought to have some, you ought to have some work ethic about you. Isn't that right? There's nothing wrong with that. You ought to not be ashamed to work. Don't be lazy. Amen. Don't sit on the couch all day long. I'm talking about we're losing ground. We're losing ground. They, they want it. They can't even define what a woman is anymore. I mean, God help us in this nation. They don't know which bathroom to go to anymore. I'm talking about we are losing ground. Amen. Now, if that offends you, I'm not trying to, but I'm not apologizing tonight. We got to hear that. And I'm telling you, if we don't put it in our young people, the world sure is doing it tonight. They need to hear the truth. Sometimes the truth makes people mad, but that's just the way it is. And tonight, Jehoshaphat realized he couldn't afford to lose ground. And tonight, you and I cannot afford to lose ground. As a pastor, I want to tell you tonight, it's a great fear that I have, concern that I have. I don't want this church to lose ground. I don't want us to become dead and cold and indifferent. I don't want it to become a mortuary. Somebody say amen. 
I'm telling you, if you don't say amen, can I stop and say this? If you don't amen preaching, and if you don't amen singing, I'm not fussing, I'm just telling you tonight, if you just sit there and get real comfortable, you know what's gonna happen? Rigor mortis is gonna set up in you spiritually. And I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Your church is gonna be graveyard dead. And I'll tell you everything ought to be done decent in order, but it ought to be seasoned with the spirit of God. I'm telling you, listen, when I, I go to church, I, I'm determined on purpose. I'm gonna amen the singing. I'm gonna amen the preaching. Nobody's gonna have to ask me to say amen. Now listen, I mean I determined that when I was about 19, 20 years old, I made my mind up every time I go to church uh, and somebody's doing something for God, I'm gonna get in there and scotch them up. I'm not saying that like I'm anything. I, I don't understand why Baptists wanna be so dead in this hour. I'm telling you, listen, it don't cost you nothing to amen the truth. Uh, and you ought to amen the truth tonight uh, because God's let you sit under it. He's letting me sit under it tonight. Uh, there's absolutely no excuse uh, for just sitting in the house of God and just setting through the service. Isn't that right? I mean, even when the preacher's gone, you ought to amen. Isn't that right? You say, oh, Brother Gravely's not here. I'm gonna tell you something. Listen, it ought to not be about me. I pray, and I don't think it is, but I just feel like hitting that too tonight. I'm telling you, on a Wednesday night, when some preacher's up here trying to preach his guts out, and he's labored, and he's studied, and he's put together something, I mean, scotch him up, amen? And don't throw him a bone. Don't give him a little old flimsy amen every now and then just to say you said amen. I mean, put your heart in it. Can I get a witness on that? Put your heart in the singing, amen? when somebody's up singing you don't have to run around the building doesn't bother me if you do but you don't have to run around the building but you ought to give a good hearty amen you ought to smile and give a head nod you say what's the big deal the big deal is uh, if you don't your church will die one amen at a time it'll die one testifier at a time uh, and what it used to be five years from now will cease uh, if we fail to worship isn't that right well, I don't know. It's all in there somewhere. But he didn't want to lose ground. He said, we got to keep this ground. How did he do it? I want you to see some things tonight and we'll be through very quickly. I want you to see the strength of this king. In verse number one, and Jehoshaphat his son reigned in his stead and he strengthened himself against Israel. When I think about the strength of this king, understand me tonight that this king was aware of the threat. The threat, my friend, was Israel. It was the brethren. The kingdom had been divided between the north and the south. And Israel was the northern kingdom. Judah was the south. And he was the king of the, uh, of the south. Uh, and he realized uh, where the enemy was, where the threat was. Hey, hear me tonight. You've got to realize where the enemy is, where the threat is uh, in your home, uh, in your personal life. Uh, hey, if there's something you've got a weak care in your life, stay away from that. Amen. If there's something in your life uh, that is a stumbling block to you, don't engage in it. Don't get around it. Uh, stay away from it. Uh, listen, have abstinence in your uh, abstinence in your life. Uh, if you don't, it'll surely take you down. But he was aware of the threat. He was aware of the throne. Uh, he realized that there was some uh, that wanted the throne in his life. Uh, and can I tell you tonight, uh, uh, the devil wants the throne of your life. Uh, the flesh wants to be king in your life. Uh, the world wants the throne in your life. Uh, if Jesus is going 
going to have the throne in your life. You've got to strengthen yourself in the right things. You've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. That's why personal prayer and Bible reading is important every day of your life because it makes you a stronger Christian. And if you and I don't read our Bible and if we don't pray, guess what? Carnality will take over and self will take the seat at the throne of our heart and we'll run and rule our own life. I'm telling you tonight, it's the truth. He strengthened himself because he was aware of the threat. He was aware of the throne and he was aware of the triumph tonight. Amen. You see, he realized that ground had been gained and he was not, he could not afford to give it up. You know, we sat in an old-fashioned church tonight and praise God for that. But tonight, if we're not careful, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You, as I said before, we quit, we quit worshiping God. We back up the least little bit and guess what? He'll take over. And tonight we have to be aware of the triumphs. Thank God for what he did in the past. Thank God for what he did in yesterday. But listen, God still wants to do things tonight. Are y'all with me tonight? I want to say, how do you keep from losing ground? I noticed the strength of this king. You've got to strengthen yourself. Then secondly, I noticed his service. In verse number two, he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and the cities of Ephraim which Asa, his father, had taken. Hey, Jehoshaphat believed in some things. You say, what do you mean? Well, he believed in forces. If you look at verse number two, I want to tell you tonight, I believe in forces, don't you? I believed in armed forces, and that's what this is talking about. He knew that if he was going to strengthen himself against the enemy, he who had the biggest forces is the one that was going to win the battle. Amen? I'm telling you, thank God. Uh, Listen, we've had presidents in the past that believed in forces. Uh, We don't have a crowd now that believes anything about that. Uh, Listen, they want to take away our rights to bear arms, uh, and they want to take away uh, listen, our nukes, but they want to help fund those radical, uh, uh, those uh, uh, radical Muslims uh, uh, that want to kill Christians and that just want to destroy America. Uh, listen, that's where they stand out, and they ought to be called out tonight. Amen. I still believe in the red, white, and blue, don't you? I still believe in a Bible. I still believe in toting a gun. Amen. I still believe every bit of that. I mean, if that makes you nervous, you ought to be nervous. Uh, and if you think you're nervous now, you wait till this outfit gets everything they won't. You'll really be nervous then. Amen. I'm telling you friend we're not sitting here in freedom tonight because somebody wasn't willing to pay a price. They gave their life. They shed their blood. They went to foreign soil so that you and I could sit in this church house tonight and enjoy what we have. Amen. You know sometimes can I just go ahead and hit this? Brother I'm telling you brother Danny if there's anything gets in my crawl I'm going to tell you what it is. It's when preaching like this gets in the crawl of liberal, uh, listen, Brady Baptist. People they've sat in church all their life and lived in the comfort and the luxuries of America. Sit on padded pews and air-conditioned buildings. And then when you start preaching politics, they blow up like an old toad frog on you. And say the man of God ain't got no right to preach against it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it's hogwash tonight, friend. 
reason this country's in a mess is because the pulpit got silent. I'm telling you, if you had to live 30 days uh, behind the Iron Curtain uh, or 30 days in Red China, you'd thank God to come back to church uh, and sit in a church where a preacher or somebody would get up and preach. Uh, God, help your sorry self and my sorry self tonight. If Listen, uh, if you can't take a little bit of preaching on politics, uh, we need it, praise God. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, that crowd needs their hide burn up. Uh, they've sold us down the river. You say, you're mad? No, I'm preaching, amen, uh, and I'm preaching against this. I'm telling you, we got a bunch of Ahab and Jezebels running the White House in this hour, and no wonder we're in the mess we're in tonight. Uh, brother, what this country needs uh, is some old-time leather lung, Holy Ghost, uh, heaven sent, heartfelt preaching, amen. That's right. They don't like it up north neither, so don't, it doesn't bother me. I want to tell you tonight, it does, it bothers me the lack of patriotism amongst Christians. I'll tell you, they've read too many emails. They've watched too much news feed. They've, read, they've, 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 they've bought in to exactly what they want us to do. Let's just be quiet. I'm going to tell you, friend, they may take me, but I hope they take me kicking and screaming every step of the way. Here's a king. He believed in forces. What about this? He believed in fences. He's serving in verse 2, Judah, by first strengthening the forces and then strengthening the fences. In other words, he built some walls. Amen. Thank God for some walls. I say build one all the way around this country. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, I say build one all the way around this country and I say take the paychecks of every Democrat and do it with it, amen? I'm telling you, friend, uh, uh, listen, the hypocrisy's at an all-time high. Uh, listen, they're letting them flood into our nation tonight. You know why? Uh, because they want to give them amnesty and they want to take over this country so that you and I never have another right, never have another privilege again. Uh, they want to, listen, sit on their high horses uh, and say we don't need a wall, but you go by their place, amen? Uh, they got, listen, a security on high alert. Uh, they got fences around fences, amen. I'm telling you what, you put a fence around something to keep something in and to keep something out. And the things you love, you protect, isn't that right? And I'm telling you tonight, listen, we need this. Brother, he served this country by forces and by fences and by forefathers. He thought about his forefather, Asa. And he said, you know, after all my father's done for this country, I owe it to my country to strengthen the forces, to strengthen the fences, and to pay a debt to those who paid a debt for me. I believe that tonight, and it's in that verse. I want to say, I see the strength of this king, the service of this king, the success of this king. The Bible said that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Notice his presence. You know why Jehoshaphat had success? Because the Lord was with him. Tonight, if God blesses us, it's because the Lord is with us. Any success at Bible Baptist Church is not because of the pastor. It's not because of the deacons. It's not because of the Sunday school teacher. It's not because of the membership. If God blesses this church, it's because God blessed this church. Amen. I'm telling you, I thank God for everything that goes on around here, every bit of labor and every bit of work. But I tell you, if we want to run God off in a hurry, all we got to do is start robbing him of his glory. Amen. But I tell you, if we put the crown on his head and not put it on our head, God will be good to us. Amen. We'll find good success. Amen. When, my friend, when the Lord is with us, I see 
it in his presence and I see it in his path. The Bible said because. Uh, why was God with him in verse three? Because he walked in the first ways uh, of his father David. There was a path. Young people, you hear me tonight. He walked in the first ways of his father David. He walked, he walked in them old paths. Uh, he walked in the right way, the good way, the clean way, the holy way. You young people, I don't know why, but I've been under a burden for you the last three or four weeks ever since Jubilee. I feel like some of you here tonight are struggling. Some of you got some hidden things going on in your life. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just some hidden things in your heart. But I'm telling you, you better listen. If you're sitting on the fence tonight, you better get off the fence. You better get on the right way. You better get on the good way. I'm telling you, listen, don't you backslide, young person, tonight. Don't you, listen, start getting something crazy in your head. Some idea, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I tell you, you better get on your face. You better seek the ways of God. Don't you make a decision that's going to cost you the rest of your life. Don't you say to God, it's my way or no way. God will let you have your way and you'll regret it the rest of your life. Amen. I mean, it, I almost preached to the young people tonight. But I couldn't get this message off my heart. But I'm burdened for some of you tonight. I'm going to tell you, I don't know everything going on in your life, but I'll tell you, I can look, I can look at some of you and tell you're struggling. You're struggling, don't you know? Brother and Sister Gravely, we love you tonight. We pray for you every day. Please don't make a decision. I'm telling you, listen, to you, you can put on a, you can get up here and sing every song in the youth choir, but you ain't fooling nobody tonight. Oh, listen, the path. What path are you going down, teenager? Hey, Mom and Dad, what about you? The downfall of a lot of teenagers has been their parents. Tonight, what path are you taking? I, sometimes I just want to grab parents because you love them. And I want to shake them and say, what in the world are you doing? My soul, what are you doing tonight? How about it? I tell you, you want, you, you want your children to live for God. Do some soul searching yourself tonight. Look in your own heart and life. I promise you, whatever path you go down tonight, mom and dad, it will affect your children. And you young people listen to me tonight. If your parents go the wrong way, it's not a crutch for you to go that way. God will hold you accountable for what you do tonight. I always feel such a burden about that. I'm telling you, sometimes the hardest thing to do as a pastor is to sit by and watch people drowned. Because at the end of the day, I can't make nobody serve God. I can give you counsel and I can pray for you. God knows I can pray for you. Sometimes you just got to sit back and just, you've, you've told them that they know. They know that they're bent to go their own way. I don't know why. It's just in my heart to say that tonight. I just want to see you. I, I tell you, I want to see every home. I mean this. I want to see every home here tonight prosper. I promise you. I want to see your children marry in the will of God. And I want to see them have a good life. And, it, and it's not about me. I know that. But I'm telling you now as your pastor, I don't want to see you have any more grief. If you already had grief, I don't want you to have any more. And if you don't have grief, I don't want you to have any at all. And I want you to have a good life. Young people, I want you to have a good life. I tell that lady right over there, I want you to have a good life. And I mean that tonight with all my heart. But sometimes I'm just so, I'm just so blown away how people sit in church all their life and just throw caution to the wind 
Amen. God help us tonight. Don't you lose ground. If you've lost it, get it back tonight, please. Get in this altar tonight. I'm telling you, get in this altar tonight. Get in this altar and just say, God, forgive me for I, this was a wrong decision. This was a wrong decision. And then just ask him to forgive you. And set your children down and say, now I did wrong here. And, and we're going to change this. You say, preacher, will that work? I promise you it'll work. You know how I know it worked? Because I had to do it as a parent. Your pastor. I had to do it as a parent. My daughter, one of my daughters sitting here tonight, she'll tell you. And I'm just trying to be honest with you tonight. We sit them down and say, hey, now, now your dad made a bad decision right here. This wasn't right, so we're not going to do this. Ask the Lord to forgive me, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm going to tell you what that'll do for them. It'll let them know that you're real. And I'll tell you, they're a lot more forgiven than you think they are. You can make those things right. I don't, I don't know. The Lord knows about all that tonight. May it, let it sink in. His success, his spirituality. I see here that in his spirituality in verse number four, look at the, look at the uh, providence here. Or look at who he sought. He sought the Lord God of his father. You know, we got revival next week. Brother Green's been here many, many times. I wouldn't have him back another service if the Lord didn't want him to, but I know God wants him to. Pray for this revival. And I tell you, it's not even about Brother Green. He'd tell you that if he was here. But come seeking God in this revival. Really start this week asking God. I'm going to tell you what God could do for every one of us in this revival this week. If we as a church would just seek God, I'm telling you, God could sit down in this place. <laughs> He's done it, hadn't he, Brother Laddie? I'll tell you, God, I've, we've seen God sit down in this place. And do amazing things. He said, when you, you'll find me when you seek me. All your heart. Spirituality. It's seen in who he sought. It's seen in where he stepped. He walked in his commandments. You know what that means, that phrase, he walked in his commandments. The Bible said in verse 3, he walked in the first ways of his father, David. But when he talked about the Lord, he said he walked in his commandments. He followed the path of David. But I'm going to tell you what he did. He obeyed the commandments of the Lord. Obedience tonight. That's what it means to walk in the commandments of God is to obey what he speaks to your heart about tonight. And then I see where he stopped. He said that here, he said, and not after the doings of Israel. Hear me something, hear me tonight, young people. Not after the doings of Israel. You know what that means? That means Jehoshaphat said, you know what? I don't care if all of Israel's doing this. We're not doing it in Judah. Amen. They may be doing it in Israel. What was they doing in Israel? Jeroboam brought in those golden calves. Remember that? That false worship. And they were worshiping those idols. And you know what? You know what Joseph had said? We're not doing that. Oh, everybody else may be doing it. It may be popular. It may be what they're doing in the northern kingdom, but we're not doing it down here. Listen to me. Sometimes the crowd is going in an opposite direction, and you just got to say, you know what? Everybody else may be doing it, but we're not doing that. Hey, that's good advice for teenagers. We tell that to young people all the time. But I'll tell you, it's good for adults too. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things that, hey, it's, it's okay now for whatever reason. Five years ago, it was wrong. Ten years ago, I'm telling you, I even see preachers doing things that, I'm telling you, ten years ago, you wouldn't be in the ministry if you was doing some of those things. But now it's accepted. Now it's okay. But it's not accepted in the eyes of God. There's still a commandment there. And I tell you, Jehoshaphat said, hey, we're not going after the doings of Israel. They can do what they want to there, but we're still going to obey the commandments of God. I want to tell you tonight, that's how you've got to live in this world. We're living in 
today. You can't get on social media and see what everybody else is doing and say, well, everybody else is doing it, so it must be okay. No, you got to look in the Bible and see what God says about it. And if God says it's wrong, it's still wrong. If God says this is right, it's still right. Hallelujah. Spirituality, then it's stability. His stability, I want you to see this in verse five. It was, it was providential. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. Because he did what was right, God's the one that established the kingdom. I'm gonna tell you something. God will put some things in your hand if you'll put God first. You don't have to find a mate. Just put God first. He'll put them in your hand. You don't have to find the right job, the right career, Just put God first. God will establish the right things in your hand. There are some things I wanted that God didn't let me have. And after a few years passed and I look back, I am so thankful that God didn't give me what I wanted because what I wanted was surely not what I needed. I'm telling you tonight, his stability was providential. And his stability, it was popular. Look at this, young people. And all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presence. Now, I want to tell you, here's the principle of this text. It's not that if you live for God, you're going to be healthy and wealthy and all these things. But what the principle is this, is that when you do right and when you put God first, uh, the biggest lie the devil ever told anybody is that if you sell out and live for God, hey, listen, you're never, everybody's going to hate you. Nobody's going to like you. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, you go back to Job chapter number one. And listen, Job, the Bible said in chapter one, he was a man that feared God and eschewed evil, and he was upright in all of his ways. And guess what the Bible said in the next verse? He was the greatest man in all the East. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. God honors them that honor him. Uh, and God will be good to you for living for him. You may not have everything you want. Now you'll have everything you need. And then you'll have a whole lot more living for God than you ever would have living for the devil. I promise you that much. I'm telling you, God will bless you and bless you. And he blessed every one of us tonight. I'm telling you, when I think about where I could be, I think about where I ought to be. When I think about what I could have gathered by my own hand, it'd have been nothing but muck and mire. I tell you, everything I owe and everything I have tonight, I owe every bit of it to the Lord. Don't you. I'm telling you the clothes on your back and the shoes on your feet right now. The automobile that you're driving. I don't care what you're driving tonight. You got a car. You got a house. You got a roof over your head. You got a family. You got a church to go to. You got a Bible. God has blessed you. He's been good to you tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't lose ground in your life. After all God's done for you. You only give up ground to the enemy. Hey, some tonight, some tonight. You backslid and you know it. What is it going to take to get you right with God? A famine, a fish, a funeral, or it could just take the favor of God. That Lord, you've been mighty good to me. And I'm sorry that I failed you. God is so merciful tonight. He's so compassionate. You know what he only wants out of all of us? Just to get honest and humble ourselves. Just to humble ourselves. I want to say this tonight in closing as they get us a song ready. His stability was seen in word was also prosperous. The Bible said he had riches 
and honor in abundance. God had been good to Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat was seeking God. I I tell you, I didn't know. I really believe tonight, I didn't know. God. Only God in heaven knows what he's doing in this service tonight. Only God knows what's in the hearts of all of us. But I really feel this tonight. I really feel like I've been about three weeks. Oh, young people, I've been so burdened for you. Now, I'm not saying that to be super. I'm not, I don't have a big enough burden. But I've really been burdened for some of you, a lot of you. Come on now. Some of you may not be saved. I don't know. But some of you, you you're, just, you're just sitting on the fence. You're doing what's right. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And that's commendable. But you're not all in. And tonight, you, you need to get all in. Some of you are going to make some terrible decisions if you don't hear the warning tonight. And there's some good church members in this church. Won't you get your joy? Won't you get your joy back tonight?